This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol. And this is Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. Hiya there. Yeah. Great conversation. I'm excited already. We haven't even started. You want to do something that has two T's in it, two capital T's, the truth. Yes. Okay. And the capitalization is important. So go ahead and speak a little bit on truth, and then we will discuss amongst, we'll talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can talk about the capital T separately from the small T, Although I guess you can, but it's like, I'm having trouble with the truth, capital T truth, because not saying there isn't a capital T truth, but life experience, experience and reason challenges the capital T, most specifically life experience. And Mm -hmm. I have been accused of giving too much credence to life experience, but you know, you got to forgive me. Like I'm living and I'm experiencing something and somebody's telling me it's not. And I'm thinking, you know, how is that? So, so what is true for me may not be true for someone else, but is there a, the truth and the truth that we're living? Do you know what I mean? Because once it becomes my truth, it's capital. I mean, what am I supposed to measure this against? I only know what I know. The difference, I think, is between the personal and the infinite. Capital T truth is stuff that's always true regardless of position or aspect. And I think that there are probably very few things that are capital T truth. As far as the New Thought teaching is concerned, capital T truth is that there is one creative power that created everything. That's truth. And no matter where we go or what we do or how we pretend that that's not the case or individualize or slice and dice the universe and our awareness of it down into little pieces, at the core, there's always that truth. There is one. And it's showing up in lots of different ways, but there is one. So that's capital T truth. Another capital T truth is that it's love. And the reason that we are confident saying that it's love is because in the beginning, there was only this one creative power. And then it began creating. And since it didn't have anything else to create out of, it was creating by sharing itself. And that sharing of self is love. And in every way that we look at it or describe it or explain it, every definition of love, that ultimate sharing, that creative energy is love. So there's only one power and presence and it's love. And those are the capital T truth pieces. And we have a lot of ways of describing it and then we can have disagreements about the descriptions. And, you know, that's fine. But when we can get back to a principle, then that's where capital T truth lives. 
There are different ways of experiencing it. And so when something becomes capital T truth for you, what you're doing is you are absolutely believing it and there is nothing in your awareness that stands in the way of that being permanent forever. Now, when somebody gets up on the witness stand, they raise their hand and they say, they're gonna tell the truth and the whole truth, nothing but the truth. What they're gonna do is tell their story and they're not gonna make anything up and they're not gonna tell a story that they know to be a falsehood, but it's still little t truth because it's their version of the truth. There's an interesting story about you get six people to witness a traffic accident and you're gonna get eight different stories about what happened. And none of them are lying. They just all saw it from a different perspective and in a different understanding of what was happening. And what they're saying is the truth. But that's why the investigators, when they're looking into what happened in an accident or you know anything, are going to ask everybody's opinion and then kind of sift through what everybody said, plus what the physical evidence is and all the rest of the story to come up with an idea of what it is that likely that actually happened. And even what they come up with as the combined story might not be what actually happened, but it's going to be the truth as far as their investigation is concerned. Mm-hmm. So the truth, the small t truth is, I don't like this word because it, it's <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really say what I mean, but it's like relative, you know, but it's not really, it's just what's true for me and what I have known throughout my whole experience, although that changes. Mm-hmm. change. Yep. So you hold on to it, I guess, as a small T. Now, let me go back to something you said. You were talking about there is that one that expresses itself in love. Mm-hmm. Can it express other ways or is everything an extension of love? For example, can it express itself in wisdom or knowledge or for me, the infinite intelligence is big because I'm always doing stuff. So I need mm-hmm. <laughs> I need an intelligence beyond what I may have myself that I think is really good. And then there's that divine intelligence. And I have my own way of accessing it or mm-hmm. allowing it to flow or whatever. So one is that that's my T truth, right? The way I have <laughs> the way I have to access it. But is that which I get an expression of love, like is the intelligence or the wisdom that I'm seeking and that I get, is that expression of love or is that? I think we can probably differentiate that because yes, there is knowledge. And where did the knowledge come from? It had to have come from the one. Now it might've come from the one by sharing itself as somebody like Thomas Edison or Albert Einstein. And now suddenly through that channel, there's new wisdom or insight that we have about how the world works around us. What they're doing is describing what already existed. So the knowledge is being able to articulate that understanding. So it always existed. So it's part of the one. The same thing with energy. All of the energy and all of the matter that ever existed and ever will exist already exist. They're the one sharing itself. So it's energy and matter interacting and and just basically revealing itself in different ways through that process of evolution or science or combination or coincidence. So those are the truth that everything is God's love, wisdom, energy, substance, etc. Where I'm sitting, it might look different than from where you're sitting. 
there are different people who can tell a different story about the same thing. And it's not that one of them is right and one of them is wrong. It's just that one of them has a perspective and is able to see things differently. And some when we start comparing ourselves, it's like, well, I can see this more clearly than you can, or I have a much better vantage point to be able to see this. And yes, I have a much better vantage point to see it from my perspective than you do. <laughs> yeah, because it, it gets down to the personal thing. Like, how's it come through my, the lens, my lens, right? my personal grid? Yeah. Have we talked about blind spots? No. Okay. Yeah. Blind spots are fun because, I mean, you remember when you were learning to drive a car and there's the blind spot that you have. If you look out the rear view mirror and then you look out the side view mirror and then you look out the window, it's possible to have somebody standing right behind you next to the car and you'll never see him through any of the windows or looking over your shoulder. You have to really crane around and look and that's a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And so we learn to guard ourselves against that to make sure that before we move our car into that area, we're going to check and make sure there's nothing there. It turns out that there is a much more persistent and insidious blind spot that we all have. And it's thanks to the coincidence of how our eyeballs, our visual equipment are installed. So everybody knows this is a lens on the front of your eye and there's a retina on the back of your eye and the lens focuses the image because it's upside down. What does that mean the world looks like? Okay, let's not even think about that. <laughs> if, if focuses the images on our retina and those go into our optic nerve and that's connected to our brain and that's how we see. But the connections to the retina are actually on the front of the retina. And so those connections all need to go through a hole in the back of our eyeball. And in that hole, there's no retina. There's nothing picking up the light. So, and it's not very far off of our field of vision. It's maybe 15 degrees off our field of vision. And there's a spot where we actually cannot see anything. Now, by moving our eyes back and forth, we're scanning around and we're able to see what's in that spot. But if we stare fixedly, there's a place where if something were going on, we would not be able to see it at all. And there's a wonderful little test that you can take where you look at a target with your eye and you cover the other eye and then an object in your blind spot just disappears. And then you put some content around where the blind spot is and your brain will fill in the blind spot with that content. It'll fill it in with colors. It'll make it look like there's text over there. It'll continue the pattern of the wallpaper. So we never see the blind spot and our brain is making something up to fill that in. Hmm. So when we start talking about the difference between little T truth and capital T truth, you gotta keep that in mind. We have a blind spot where our brain, where our perception, where our minds are telling us there's something that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. That it does not exist. It doesn't exist and our brain is telling us that it does. Or it does exist and our brain is telling that it's telling us that it's not there. So we're saying that everything is a small T truth except for the one. I think so. I think so. And there are some applications of the principle that are so repeatable and so common that I think they're capital T truth as well. For example, in this teaching, we say, if you change your thinking, you change your life. If you change your belief, then you're inviting in a new experience. And we have proven so many times that that happens, that consciousness is creative, that we can take that as a capital T truth as well. Even though there are times that we, in our beliefs, are creating things that we don't want. <laughs> yes, absolutely right. Yeah. So, and when it works on the stuff that we like and the stuff that we don't like, it tends to be leaning more towards a capital T truth, you know, 
Good and bad are not capital T truth. Good and bad are preference. There are things that happen that I don't like. And some of them are things that other people do. And they like them. <laughs> so, so we're in conflict. And, you know, that's the circumstance of the situation. Then that's the truth of it. But it's a little T truth. Because we don't need to be in conflict. We don't need to disagree about that. And neither one of us is a right. I hate saying that. Neither one of us is a right. That I might not be right. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if I got over it, anybody could get over it, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk some more about truth. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni talking about truth. Talking about truth. And I think we can broaden it out that truth applies to a principle, wherever it is that we find a principle. And there are principles in the world around us. For example, gravity is a principle. It's a natural law. And it works for everybody. And it works exactly the same way for everybody. And no one is immune to gravity. And the same thing for electricity. The electromagnetism, magnetic force. There are forces that we have observed in the physical universe that are just truth. They're principles. They work always for everyone. Now, that doesn't mean that we are always going to be subject to them in the same way. So, for example, we know that the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Some of us had that number right at the top of our mind. Some of us have like, yeah, I know there's a speed of light, but whatever it is. So we know that that's how fast light travels. And we know from what Einstein said and from some other work that's been done, that that is the fastest speed that is possible in our physical universe. The speed of light is the truth, capital T. The thought that that's the fastest thing that can possibly happen is a little t, because that's experiential and it is completely possible that we are going to figure our way around that and say, oh, ah, we were walking and we could have taken the high speed line <laughs> and there's just a way around it. So on the one hand, that's how fast a photon moves. That's how fast light goes. And it, in the physical universe, that's the way that it acts. But to say that therefore is the limiting controlling factor in everything is short-sighted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there are other things that we can create that change, not change it, but alter it or affect it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then I was thinking about 
that's like a science thing and or physical. So I was thinking about during the break, cause and effect. That's a truth. You agree? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The principle and the process of cause and effect is a truth. One particular cause or one particular effect is not necessarily implying that there's a truth behind it because there's a lot of room for different beliefs and different subtleties in there. But the principle itself is a truth. I believe it is. Yeah, because when I first encountered it, of course I thought, oh, no, no, this can't be. (laughs) (laughs) No, get out, you know, work it backwards. This is the effect. You mean to tell me that I did this, you know, or, and I'm thinking instances where you have done something or thought something or put something in motion. Well, you sit here and you look, you track it back. I call tracking back to see where it came from and what, and once I started doing that, you know, I thought, you know, that'll change your life. I'm telling you that will change your life because you look at a number of things. We don't look at the good things so much but the kind of negative stuff we don't like and figure out why the heck is this here happening? You track that back and you keep tracking it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that awful? Oh my God, isn't there somebody, who else can I blame? My God. But you can't, you can pretend, but. Oh, and we are very good at that. We are very good at finding a victim, a scapegoat or somebody else outside of us who is to blame. But I'm thinking at some point you got to know. Maybe you don't ever want to admit it, you know, but you got to know. There are a lot of ways to come to that understanding, too. I mean, experientially is one, you know, and we love doing that. That's why when we start doing practical prayer, we do it for inconsequential things. Where it's, does, it's not going to impress us that much that it changed. You're not going to be doing our first prayer to, you know, cure Aunt Sadie of cancer or, you know, pull Uncle Morty out of, you know, debtor's prison or bankruptcy. So we pray for, you know, getting more traffic light, more green lights than we normally would get, or for the bus to show up exactly when we get to the bus stop. And it's the sort of thing that once we set the intention, open the the invitation for that, then the creative law that creates galaxies, that creates spontaneous remissions of disease, can create traffic lights that are changing when we get there. It can bring those coincidences in. And that is a way for us to say, oh, this does work. This cause and effect thing does work. And then we get to use it on different stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it, it does work. That's all I can say. Because it's when I've looked at it, it's worked for big things or things. And, you know, my husband will say, when you decide something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And he's been saying that for years. And I don't. And he's been right for years, I'm sure. He, he's been right. But I never think of it like, okay, I'm deciding that this is going to yeah, I look back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember the moment I decided. <laughs> but now it's like, whoa, I know I can do this. You know, it's like, I know it. So I even say this, and, you know, I don't know if this is legit new thought. This is just me, right? So I'm talking to a lady at the ocean who had a wonderful dog, and I'm talking about the Great Danes, and you know how I can get about Great Danes. Oh, and yes. I always stop and say, spirit. Don't pay any attention. I'm not talking to you now. (laughs) Do not send it right now because I know by the time I get home, somebody's going to be at the door saying, I heard that you wanted this puppy. So I believe it that much that there are times I'll just stop and say, Spirit, I'm not talking to you. Okay. Whoever's like, 
putting the energy in this cause and effect. This is just a chat right here. <laughs> and you know it's not going to be somebody showing up say, hey, I heard that you wanted a Great Dane. No, it'll be a stray sitting on your front porch. It happened exactly that way. The second one I got, exactly somebody showed up and said, you know, the orchestration of how it happened, it was really, I don't believe this is happening. And once I looked at that and said, you know what, things happen in ways to get your attention. It's almost funny. It's delightful, but it is real. You know, it's real. And that's why to me, cause and effect is such a truth. Now you tell me whether it's a small T or a large T, a capital T. I'm saying it's a T. It's a big T. It is a capital T and it's always working. It's always in process the individual experiences and expressions of it. You know, you start talking about a Great Dane and suddenly a Great Dane shows up and there's the thing, oh, capital T truth, that's cause and effect. I was talking about a Great Dane and there it is. But it's also possible that you were talking about a relationship that was in disharmony. And it turns out that that dog joining your family will at some point in the future bring great healing to that relationship. So the cause and effect might have actually been different. And the Great Dane might have been playing a minor role in a bigger story. So yes. we don't necessarily know. The process is capital T truth. The individual experiences of it, maybe, maybe not. And it doesn't end with the, okay, here's the cause, here's the effect. Then every effect to me is a cause from that which another effect unfolds. Yep. So it's ongoing. And you can't sleep on this stuff because this is your life unfolding and taking different directions and so forth. That's why I guess I turn off the television before the show is over because I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> I can't sleep on this because this might, you know, might be working on behind my back while I'm watching this show. Something's going to happen. No, but I'm laughing, but not really. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what happens in our life informs our awareness and our perspective. And when something has happened, it puts us in a different position. So we then get to use that as part of the intention setting that we're going to be doing. For example, if we've got a garden and we grow daffodils, we may say, oh, this is wonderful. I want to grow more daffodils. Or we might say, I love growing daffodils. And next year, I'm going to grow daffodils and crocuses and tulips and begonias or whatever. And we set about expanding or continuing or using the feedback that we got from the first one to continue our gardening. But if we remember back to when we first started the garden, we cleared off the ground and we pulled out all the weeds and we made sure that the soil was fertile and then we planted the daffodils. And the next year we plant daffodils and tulips and up come weeds. And it's like, I didn't want weeds. It's like, yeah, you already had weeds. The weeds are a second crop. They're coming up because that's what they do. And they're going to continue to come up until we clear them out. And then we get to move from having mostly weeds and a few daffodils to having mostly daffodils and a few weeds to really not having to deal with the weeds because it's part of our process again. So that's an ongoing process. And the experience that we have continues to inform what our next intention is going to be, what we're going to invite next, and the next experience we're going to have. And that's exactly the word I was thinking of as you were speaking, intentional. You know, you need to be really intentional. Now, I think you can be too intensely intentional. I've been accused of that. But things are, you know, it's like life is going on and on. And sometimes you got to pay attention. And if you're not intentional, 
something can slip in and it's going to do that anyway. But mm -hmm. I just think you need to be careful. I think it's know? actually explained very clearly in scripture. And I was actually reading this was scripture quoted by Thomas Trowert in the Edinburgh lectures. All things whatsoever you pray for, believe that you have received them and you shall receive them. All things whatsoever you pray for and ask for, believe that you have received them and you shall receive them. So you have to believe that you have them before you get them. The belief comes before the receipt. And he pointed out that the tense is really important there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not you're going to ask and then wait for something and then, then believe it when you see it. We have to start with the belief, and that's the opening and the invitation and the intention. And sometimes I think the belief is not always terribly specific. Like I was thinking about a situation recently that seemed like it wasn't going to turn out the way it should, it looked like it was going to be some problems. And I just shut down right then and said, it's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be a problem. It's going to work out this way. And I wasn't sure of the particulars, like the specifics of how it would turn out, but I knew, I decided in that moment, is it going to be okay? It's going to be good not a problem. And recently I can think about exactly three situations where I just stopped in the moment. And the only thing I can say that I believed is that the end result was not going to be a problem. It's going to work the way we need it to work or, you know, in our best interest, or you even, you sent me a text one time that said love unfolding. And I thought, cause I think a love is a mushy thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you think love unfolding, I'm like, look, I need to write stuff to unfold here right now. <laughs> but then, you know, that is love, right? That's Oh, yeah, absolutely. Spirit. And the love unfolding is the new experience that you're having. It's also that pivot that you get to make to say, I've been dealing with this nonsense and I'm done with that. So it's the ability to change your perspective and invite something new. And it's also the nonsense that's been coming up because that's what's bringing about the pivot that lets you switch to something that's going to be new. I remember a bunch of times when I've woken up and like I'm feeling a tickle in my throat and a drip and it's like that's the beginning of the feeling unwell for a few days and then specifically realizing that I've had that experience before but that's not always so I'm going to choose something different and the choice that I make is okay I'm taking care of myself and I am in complete harmony physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I put myself into a position of inviting in that experience of health and vibrancy. And it goes away. It goes away like before I get out of bed. You know so what? That stuff is not just possible, but it happens all the time. Yeah. I got to listen to you a little bit better because like you have better ways of saying it because that kind of situation happened to me three times recently over the last 60 days when I could not afford to be sick. And I just said, this ain't happening. This is not happening. I'm not sick. Don't even try it. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I have other things to do. Yeah, I, did, I didn't have good words. I just knew this ain't happening right now. No. Yeah. Let's take another break and then a prayer on the truth. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. 
Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with, yes, I am Carol, <laughs> here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marciotti, and we're going to have a prayer, right? Yeah, this prayer is about being open to the truth, and it's truth, capital T, the big understanding of that divine power and presence that creates everything. And it shows up in all kinds of different ways. We teach the Practical Prayer class. We start, we talk about the infinite aspects of God, and there aren't that many of them. They're things like abundance and energy and intelligence and love and power and wholeness and harmony. And all of those things are true. Those are true of the infinite and those are available to us. So for the prayer today, what we're going to do is close our eyes to the situation and the circumstance that's going on around us. And you can do that actually physically if it's safe to do so, or you can do that metaphorically if you're driving or it's going to otherwise be uncomfortable to close your eyes. As we open our awareness to that bigger picture, to that divine power and presence that is everything, that is everyone, that is everywhere, that is creativity and harmony, that divine power and presence is light and love and wholeness. It is joy and freedom and strength. It is all of those creative processes and expressions that we can trace back to that one. Love unfolding. And that divine power and presence shares itself as all of its creation. Everything that exists everywhere is the one expressing itself in a different way. We feel distinct and individual and in some way separate. And it can look that way from the outside. I'm standing over here and somebody else is sitting over there and we're obviously separate. And we are exactly the same thing. We are each of us individualizations of that same divine love, that same infinite power, that same substance simply formed and expressed and shared in a different place, in a different time, in a different way. And we each have our own stories. We each have our own understandings and our own desires. And in all of these cases, that infinite creative power is available to create something new for and through and as and in us. That goodness, however we describe it, is available to us now and always. And so as we let go of the beliefs and the experiences that we've had up until now, we don't ignore them or pretend they didn't exist. Instead, we take away the power that they have to perpetuate themselves. If there has been a challenge in life of poverty or illness or loneliness or stuckness in any way, we turn away from that and turn towards what we desire instead. That experience of health and vitality and vibrancy, that experience of love and connectedness, that experience of prosperity and sufficiency, that experience of creativity and connection. And we invite that in. 
and we open ourselves to it to the greatest degree that our belief system can let us do that. And that infinite creative power that creates everything responds and brings it in. And we can use that new experience to invite in even more, even more and even more, because there is no limit to the good that's available to us. So I claim that good now. I claim that in consciousness. I claim that knowing without question, doubt, or hesitation that the good that we are seeking is now seeking us. As we open to it, as we let loose our disbelief, the law works. That infinite creative power unfolds through and as and in us. That's the truth. That's the way that love unfolds. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for each one who is here. I'm grateful for the ways that we are letting go of things that have been limiting to us in the past. And I'm grateful for these invitations of newness. And I know without any question that they're already coming into being. And so I release this word into that creative law that creates everything. And I know it's now creating this. And I look forward with gleeful anticipation to the delightful results. So it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.